Welcome back. It is the Raise the Apple podcast with our next episode, our last episode of 2020. And we have a lot, a lot to talk about today. We got a little bit of stuff going on with the New York Mets, and we have a lot going on in Major League Baseball. And the past two days, a lot going on out west in San Diego. We're going to talk about all of it today. We're going to jump right into it, starting with the Mets getting their assistant GM position filled. Zach Scott. Zach Scott was the runner-up for the GM job with Jared Porter. He previously was with the Red Sox for the last 17 years, back when Theo Epstein was there. And he's been with the Red Sox since, won three World Series titles. He was named the assistant GM in 2018, and now is the assistant GM for the Mets. I love the direction the Mets front office is going. You got new ownership, new GM, new assistant GM, whole new front office staff pretty much. Then you're keeping Luis Rojas. He did a nice job last year. Uh, even though the record begged to differ, he still, I thought, did a great job last year. He got some new faces on, on the field coming in and some other coaches. So things are looking very well, very, very good in Metland. Hopefully they will continue with the addition of Springer or Bauer, which is our last little bit of Mets news. Uh, Springer reportedly, like I said previously, the final two teams in on Springer are the Blue Jays and the Mets. And based on reports, it doesn't seem likely the Blue Jays are going to follow through and sign Springer, which would be a huge, huge loss for the Blue Jays potentially, which leaves no competition really for the Mets. A lot of people are saying it's inevitable that the Mets will sign him. It's just a matter of getting the fine details out. But I hope, I was hoping that Springer would end up with the Mets before 2020 ended, but I don't think that's going to happen. We've still got two days left, so there is still that possibility. But Springer to the Mets is almost, based on what I've been reading, and I'm sure a lot of you at home have been reading, Springer to the Mets is kind of inevitable at this point. It's just a matter of when. And with Trevor Bauer, that's a different story. Uh, You know, I said that the finalists appeared to be the Angels and the Mets for Bauer. The Padres just very well might be in that mix again. Uh, with what they've been doing out west the past couple days. Their Padres are quickly becoming a huge threat in the NL, especially to the Dodgers. But Bauer is still out there. It is not likely he will have a decision soon. I would say probably sometime at the mid-end of January, Bauer ends up somewhere. Because in February, then you got pitchers and catchers starting to report and all that good stuff. So hopefully the Mets can snag, like I keep saying, snagging one of those guys. Uh, They need at least one of those, in my opinion, preferably both, to be serious contenders with the Braves and the Dodgers and now the Padres. But at least one of those guys is is a great get for the Mets because you already added Trevor May. You got your catcher with James McCann. The Mets have had a very good offseason. They've almost had, dare I say, a perfect offseason. It depends if they can add on with Springer or Bauer. Uh, I've per- I've been saying I prefer Bauer as the top priority, but you never know. And then also the Mets have been in talks with DJ LeMahieu, which it's causing a little Bronx battle over who gets LeMahieu. I personally, I would love if the Mets got DJ LeMahieu, but I don't see a need for him. Well, not a need for him, but I don't know where 
they where they put him, they'll probably put him at second, but then you got where are you gonna put McNeil and where are you gonna put Dom and JD Davis unless you're trying to trade those guys for someone else. There's there's a lot of a lot of other moves that would have to happen if the Mets were to end up with DJ LeMahieu. I don't see that likely. I see him staying with the Yankees. But, you know, in baseball, a lot can happen. A lot can change. But that's pretty much all the news that's going on with the Mets. A lot, a lot of news going on in the Major League Baseball world. First of all, Howie Kendrick is calling it a career. The 2019 World Series hero for the Nationals is finally calling it a career. He's going to finish his career with a 294 average, 127 homers, 724 RBIs, and an OPS of 767, a one-time All-Star, NLCS MVP in 2019, and a 2019 World Series champion. Congrats on a great career to Howie Kendrick. He quietly, if when you look at his career, he, he was in the upper 200s, lower 300s in terms of batting average for a lot of his career. He quietly had a, a solid career. He was a very low-cost, high-reward type bat, and uh, congrats again, congrats to Howie Kendrick on a very, uh, in my opinion, a very nice and successful MLB career. Next bit of news: there was a Christmas surprise in DC. The Philly, or excuse me, the Nationals got a nice little Christmas present. Josh Bell of the Pittsburgh Pirates has been traded to the Washington Nationals. That was a move I was not expecting at all. I had no expectation of Josh Bell really going anywhere. I was expecting Josh Bell to stay in Pittsburgh. He was going to be the guy that they built their future around. He was going to be their centerpiece. I guess they're they're just calling it a wash and starting from square one. So if you're a Pirates fan, don't really have a lot much to look forward to in the coming years. Uh, but Josh Bell, what a get for the Nationals with Kendrick Howie Kendrick retires, Eric Thames you're most likely not going to keep. Ryan Zimmerman's a free agent, you may or may not keep him. So then you bring in Josh Bell. Now you've solidified your f- options at first base. In exchange, the Nationals are sending Eddie Yeen and Will Crow. Uh, two right-handed pitchers are going to Pittsburgh in exchange for Josh Bell. They are nice prospects that the, the Pirates are getting. Uh, the Nationals we've seen are not shy of uh, trading prospects. We saw with Lucas Giolito, Jesus Lazardo. They've traded Ronaldo Lopez. They're not afraid with trading prospect pitching prospects. And Crow and Yeen are no different. They got high expectations. For both, the Nationals had high expectations for both of them. They're both probably a couple years away, but with the Pirates and the direction they're heading, it's most likely that that's a good move or good get for them. They're not going to be ready for a while, and you're looking at those guys probably heading your rotation. But there's a nice little Christmas present for the Nationals. Huge news for NL East teams, though, because. The Nationals, after an awful year last year, coming off a World Series, little World Series hangover, and now they get Josh Bell. They're trying to get right back into that mix. Their window's still very much open. They still got 
A lot of the guys from the 2019 team still there. Kendrick, of course, isn't there anymore. But now you bring in Josh Bell, who's probably a better option to have than Kendrick. But overall, a great move for the Nationals. A very surprising move. I I'm I was very surprised to read this. I was having Christmas Eve stuff with family, and this popped up on my phone. It was very I was very shocked at this trade. But besides Josh Bell, the Phillies also got a little early Christmas present. They've promoted Sam Fold to their general manager. He was promoted a couple days before Christmas. It previously was held by Matt Clintac. And now they've also promoted Jorge Velandia to assistant general manager and Terry Ryan, who's special assistant to the GM. In addition to them hiring earlier, as we talked about, Dave Dombrowski, head of baseball operations. Now you bring in Sam Fold as your GM. Sam Fold, a former player. We've, this is the second former player we've seen this offseason get a GM job, Chris Young in Texas being the other one. Uh, he was all, Sam Fold was also a finalist for the manager position with the Red Sox before they brought back Alex Cora. But I like the idea of having players be the GM because players know the game. The players know the game more than anyone, more than any business person ever could. And with the the direction the Phillies are heading with trying with everything they have to keep JT Realmuto, this was a nice, nice addition to their front office staff. He certainly will be put to the test with how they handle the JT Realmuto situation and where their direction financially is going forward. But a whole gut of a front office staff pretty much in Philly and all their hopes is to keep JT. That's the, that's all they care about at this point. That's all they need to be worried about is keeping JT Rumuto and then moving on from there and seeing what direction the Phillies head in because the NL East is quickly becoming very competitive. The Marlins surprised a lot of people. Don't be surprised if they come back again. And I'm not saying in a 162-game season they will, but the Marlins certainly are coming faster than people may be thinking. So having all five teams realistically in that division with a chance, every team at the, on opening day, every team has the same chance of winning a World Series. Same chance of winning the division title and going all the way. When the NL East, right now, four of the five teams in the NL East are in serious contention for playoff spots. And the Miami Marlins quickly could catch up to them. Then you have the whole division fighting for a division champ and then two wild cards. Five teams fighting for three spots. So it's a nice step in the right direction for the Phillies. Again, they're keeping JT Real Muto is all they really need to do. That's all they need to do right now. They also do have some other pieces they need to fill in, but JT has definitely got to be your top priority. And then that brings us to the last little bit. It is hectic the past couple days in San Diego. The Padres are not messing around. They made three big moves in the last two days, and they are in great position to give the Dodgers a run for their money. Starting off with two days ago, Padres acquired, or if it was made official today, have acquired former Cy Young winner Blake Snell from the Tampa Bay Rays. Blake Snell's heading to San Diego in exchange for four prospects, 
Right-handers Luis Patino and Cole Wilcox. And catchers Francisco Mejia and Blake Hunt. Francisco Mejia, he has been in the major leagues. This is the second time he's been traded. He was part of the uh, Brad Hand trade, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, from, in, from Cleveland to San Diego and then Cleveland getting Brad Hand. Francisco Mejia is being traded now yet again. Uh, Patino is arguably one of the best left-handed pitching prospects in baseball. And then Cole Wilcox and Blake Hunt are also uh, higher-end prospects at their positions. This is a shock. This is kind of a shock. I mean, after Game 6 when he was dealing and then Kevin Cash pulled him in the frustration there, then there was talks that Snell was... The, or excuse me, the Rays were open to trading Snell. You didn't think they actually would, and then they go through and trade him to San Diego. They get their left-handed guy. This was not a destiny. I expected Blake Snell to stay in Tampa. I expected it was just rumors. Him going to San Diego, I definitely was not expecting. Uh, he will join the rotation. Right now, it is was Zach Davies. And the addition to you, Darvish, which we'll talk about in a bit. Dillison Lamette, Chris Paddock, Mike Clevenger, when he comes back from injury, the Padres are quickly, very quickly, are right in there with the Dodgers. I don't know if they're, I still think there may be some bullpen help away from beating the Dodgers. Maybe they bring back a Brad Hand or sign an Archie Bradley. But the Padres are certainly making a run at the Dodgers. They're coming for the Dodgers. And this, adding Blake Snell, just adding Blake Snell would have been a huge move. Then they add Ha Seong Kim, uh, sorry if I mispronounced his name, from the Korean Baseball League, who was fantastic this past year. He's 25 years old, hit over 300 with 30 home runs, 100 over 100 RBIs, and over 100 runs scored last season for the Kawan Heroes. I'm, again, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. The Padres made two great moves, and then, on top of that, last night, they add you Darvish in a seven-player trade. They get you Darvish, his personal catcher from the Cubs, Victor Carantini, and Cash, and the Cubs get right-hander Zach Davies, and four prospects, and outfielders Owen Casey, and Ismael Mania, and shortstops Reginald Preciado, and Yeeson Santana. That was... Pretty much a salary dump for the Cubs. After Blake, after excuse me, you Darvish finished second in the Cy Young voting for uh, the National League behind Trevor Bauer. They add they add Darvish. They give up some prospects. They add Blake Snell, giving up some prospects. That this was a terrific past couple days if you're the Padres, and if you're a Padres fan right now. Oh man, their time's coming quicker than a lot of people may have been expecting. They were able to get a former Cy Young winner, the Cy Young winner from 2018 in Blake Snell. They were able to get Ha Seong Kim from the Korea, from the KBO. They were able to get Yu Darvish from the Cubs, who finished second in the Cy Young voting last year, without giving up Mackenzie Gore, who's their top, who's the top pitching prospect in baseball right now. They could very well, and Mackenzie Gore could very well make the roster coming out of opening day, or coming out of spring training. So you could have a rotation of Darvish, Snell, Darvish, Blake Snell, Lamette, Paddock, and pro potentially Mackenzie Gore, 
when Mike Clevenger comes back, he'll factor in there is because he signed an extension. Then you got, you know, you got Tatis and Machado on the left side. You probably will have Haseon Kim at second, maybe. Maybe at second base. They got great, great things going on in San Diego. There's a lot of hype, a lot of excitement about this team. Are they there to compete with the Dodgers yet? I don't know. I think that the Dodgers are still the team to beat in the National League. I do think, though, that the Padres are certainly going to be hot on their tail. They're going to make, give them a, run, a more of a run than they've gotten in the past. They're not going to win the game by ten. They're not going to win the division by ten games anymore. The Padres are going to be right there. I still think the Padres need some bullpen help. I still think some assistance in the bullpen is probably the bull. Their bullpen is not awful. They don't have an awful bullpen, but I definitely think that they uh, armor two in there, and this team can seriously probably go toe to toe with the Dodgers. Uh, again, like I mentioned earlier, they can sign Archie Bradley, bring Brad Hand back, go out there and make a trade, bring in Liam Hendricks maybe. Uh, but Liam Hendricks will most likely stay, hopefully stay in Oakland. The Padres are not messing around, and they are right, right there. They they have the third best odds to win the World Series after adding Snell and Darvish. But again, the big thing—it's it, the same. It goes with every team, not just the Padres. You make these big moves, but you need those guys to do what you got them for. So if Blake Snell and you Darvish come in and pitch to a four and a half and five ERA, then that's it they it was it was a bust. But if they they come in and they pitch to what they're capable of, you know, low to mid twos, low threes ERA, that'd be a great trade for it ends up being a great trade for San Diego. I saw someone say that if the Padres don't win a World Series in the next two to three years it'd be disappointing. I don't think so. You know, the Padres will win a lot of World Series in the coming years with the direction they are heading. It's just a matter of, you know, needing to be at the right place at the right time. They got the big bad Dodgers ahead of them. They got uh, the Mets and the Braves and the Phillies and the Nationals over in the NL East. You got Milwaukee and St. Louis in the Central and potentially the Cubs and potentially Cincinnati depending on whatever they're doing. You got the big bad Yankees over in the American League that can stop them. You got Oakland. You got Minnesota, the White Sox. Here they come. Imagine a White Sox-Padres World Series. Uh, the Blue Jays are quickly coming up. So it's never it's never easy to win a World Series. And the Padres have taken two huge steps in that direction towards winning a World Series. And they are certainly right in position to give the Padres a run for their, or excuse me, the Dodgers a run for their money. I'm I'm very excited for this upcoming season, not only as a Mets fan, but as a general baseball fan. To see teams like the Padres making these types of moves, it's not something, you don't, like a team, a, not, a team that's not always there winning every year, making those these types of big moves is great for the sport. It brings a lot of attention and a lot of hype to it. Now, if you look at a team like the Rays, 
you're wondering in the Cubs, like I mentioned, the Cubs, this was a salary dump. With the uh, Rays, you lose Charlie Morton to free agency. You lose Blake Snell in the trade. It's wondering, where what are the Rays doing? You lose Jose Alvar- Val- Alvarado today to in another th- in a three-team trade. It's int- I'm I really don't understand. I'm confused. Like I'm confused with the Reds, what they do. I'm confused with the Rays a little bit as well. But whatever the Rays do, I don't question because it's worked. They came out of nowhere to win 90 games a couple years ago. Now they're back in the playoffs. They were two games away from the World Series title last year or this past season. They have pitching depth out the wazoo. They got a nice, solid, young offense. Things are they're going good in Tampa, but when you lose a Charlie Morton, even though you would only have him maybe for one or two more years before he decides to retire, then you have you had a young, great young arm and Blake Snell heading your staff. Now your ace is quickly Tyler Glass now, who just walks a lot. He essentially throws two pitches. And it's interesting going to be it's going to be interesting to see what else the Rays do, but San Diego is the place to be right now. That's the that's the team you want to be a fan of right now. And certainly so. There's a lot of excitement. You can make the argument now that the two most exciting teams or the two most exciting off seasons so far this year are probably the Mets and the Padres. They've had the most exciting off seasons and the Padres just had theirs over the span of the past 2 days. But again, there's there's still a lot to happen. And with big with guys still out there like Springer and Bauer and JT Realmuto, and you got Brad Hand available, Liam Hendricks, there's still names out there. So it's definitely going to be fun to see how it all shakes out. But San Diego, I'm wow. That's all I can say is wow. But that's pretty much going to wrap it up for this episode. We've covered everything from Zach Scott being named the assistant GM all the way to big moves going down with the Padres. We're now available on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts for those of you who don't have uh, iPhones or Apple products. Both of those links will be in the description. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe to us and follow us on Twitter at RTA underscore pod. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts episodes every week on the New York Mets and the rest of Major League Baseball. Thank you for tuning in for this week. We hope you enjoyed it, and let's go Mets.